Amen, saints of God. Our brother Bob has a testimony that he would love to share, and it's a powerful one. So be encouraged. As I heard last week, this house is full of miracles. I've seen them myself. About uh, this uh, January, um, as part of a routine scan, they found a lump in my pancreas. Now, I I've heard the whole time that, oh, I am so sorry, and I guess my heart goes out to all those who don't. But the phrase I kept hearing was, huh, curious, this could have been a whole lot worse. <laughs> and the pancreas part where they accidentally found it was at the far end, and so he said, I went to uh, New York, and they said, hey, we'll just lop off the end of it and take your spleen, and you should be fine. <laughs> okay, that's what they did in March. Got me right in there, chopped that baby off, and then they started pumping me with chemicals. They said, you should be fine, but we're going to wash you with the most horrible, miserable stuff you've ever seen because it's pancreatic cancer. And I, this pancreatic cancer is a killer. And on and on through 12 cycles, once every two weeks. Finished up my chemistry here. I, I'm still walking and stuff. I'm a little unsteady. <laughs> so uh, I was down last weekend, went back to Sloan Kettering, and we're going to have them watch me. And they did the photography and did the blood tests. And she looked at the wreckage and she says, You've tolerated this chemo extremely well. Uh, not many people go beyond eight with some sort of without some sort of modification or reduction in it, and I rarely have anybody go beyond ten cycles. But you're at twelve and you're still walking. Amen. You know, I lay that on the floor here. The photography says there's no spot of the stuff in me, and I just got to wait however more months to get the chemicals. So if I look a little unsteady sometimes. It's all for God. Now I'm waiting to see what's happening, what's put in my hands. It takes five years for the final certification, but there was not a spot of cancer in any of the, in any of the stuff they did there. And, and, and now that he handed it back, <laughs> One of the early words, you know, you read the Bible, you read things. The Great Commission has been such a lively thing in my life for the power it gives to people to heal and affect others. Well, somehow, I, with snakes, I don't know why I need to handle snakes, you know. And why we will drink poisons and not be harmed. I live with that. Amen. I live with Amen, that. brother. All 12 cycles. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Lord, we just bless the house with your promise that you are over all disease, including cancer. And we thank you. We thank you for healing, Bob, and for healing all of our diseases, including cancer, in Jesus' name. Our brother Xavier has a word for us as well. It was one time during Camp Shiloh. I'm... Um, after um, the night chapel, I was singing like loud. My later on, my voice wasn't like doing well. So, one of my friends that were in the same cabin as me, he um, prayed for my my um, voice to get better. And 
ever since I've also ever since Grandpa passed away. I it's just so hard, but I knew I know he's gonna be great up there in heaven. I just let's all just let's give him a shout for Jesus. Let's give a shout for Jesus. Now I'll be passing that back to the pastor. Did did your voice get healed? Yeah, it did get healed. It took two days though to get it healed, but but it did got back to normal. Praise God. Yeah. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you prophesying up there on the balcony. Yes. Jesus said, Suffer the little children to come unto me. He may be little in stature, but he's a mighty man of God there. Yes. Amen. And that's a prophecy for all our children. Yes. And yes, amen. I was preparing for this message, and I went through several different ideas, and I just said, you know what, God? I can't come up with an idea good enough. What do you want me to share with this house this weekend? <laughs> And the phrase came to me, love your house, love his house, love, love his house, love God's house, by informing them of some things going on right now in our church. Good things. So that's what I'm going to do. This is an, an, an informational message, and uh, I just bless it to encourage all of us in this house. If you're, if you're new to this house, this, may, this is not a typical message, but I hope it blesses you as well. But just be informed, and I believe there's life in it too. So thank you, Jesus, for giving us ears to hear, eyes to see, hearts to receive everything that you're speaking, you're showing, and you're giving. In the name of Jesus, amen. The first bit of information I'll share with you is that this house is considered a very large church. <clears throat> That's according to a 2022 uh, research study by Lifeway Research. Uh, the new smaller church is under 50, and that comprises about 31%, 50 people in attendance. That comprises about 31% of uh, American churches. We have uh, over 300 coming to this church regularly, and now we're considered the new very large church. We comprise, we're in that upper 8% of sized churches in this country. What's that have to do with the price of tea in China? I don't know. <laughs> but it's just an informational, in part, has something to do with why we're considering building. Um, at over 300 people, it's difficult for us to fit into our fellowship hall, which seats comfortably and feeds comfortably 80 people. So if we want to do a church-wide event indoors, it's hard to do that in the fellowship hall. If you've been here for any length of time, you'll notice that the front part of this, uh, the, this altar area is quite congested at times. It's hard to minister effectively like that, but we do. How many know that Azusa Street was a small place? Yeah. <laughs> Hundreds of thousands and millions with gen and generations to follow were impacted. It doesn't matter what house we're in. We're just trying to steward what God is doing, and he is growing our church. Our classroom sizes have really exceeded what our teachers can adequately handle. There's an anointing on them to do it. But when they approach 30 and, and above, 
We're looking to split, but we have no room to split the classes up so that we can responsibly teach our kids. These and many other reasons categorize us as a very large church. I want to show you a picture of the largest church in the world. This is not a template or a schematic for our church design that we would potentially build. <laughs> this is the Yoido Full Gospel main campus in Seoul, Korea. And this, this sanctuary seats about 12,000 people. They have seven services every Sunday, wow. beginning at 7 a.m. They have another 12,000 that meet in all of those service times around the city. They see in total 150,000 people every Sunday. That's only a fraction of the total number of people, which is 750,000 that are active members at this church. They have some 1,400 deacons, 50,000, or 1,400 elders, 50,000 deacons, and a number fi an, another 50,000 cell groups. It's a big church. Yeah. <laughs> it was founded by this guy named Dr. David Yonggi Cho. Many of you have heard of him. He passed away a couple years ago, and he had a assorted uh, later ministry. He was accused of having uh, embezzling funds from his church. Later in his ministry, he was convicted of that. He repented of that. I just say that to just say I understand who he is. It doesn't negate what I'm about to tell you. In 1958, he founded his church. It had five people, all of whom were his family members. God challenged him to believe for a growth, believe for a larger church. Within three years, he had 300 members. Three years after that, he had 3,000 a few years after that, it went up to 8,000, and then it exploded from there. As I listened to him talk, uh, it's a recording of something he said in London a few years ago before he passed away. He referenced his zeal for church growth. He said, I had an extraordinary zeal for church growth. I want to tell you that it's okay if God gives someone that zeal. But I also want to tell you that he has not given me that zeal. The zeal that God has given me goes deeper than church growth. At least that's what it is for me. It goes way deeper. It's a prophetic word over this house that we would impact this region for Jesus. Yes. We would see the kingdom of heaven come to earth just as it is in heaven. His will being done, his will would be done here on earth. Yes. It's a vision for this land that we now sit in. For those of you that have never seen this, this is a picture of a 75-mile radius around our church proper, our church as the epicenter of influence spiritually in the 75-mile radius. We call it a promised land. When Jesus teaches us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, it's a prayer that's saturated with fulfillment of promise. The Old, Testament prophecy, the, the Old Testament prophets prophesied that the earth would be full of the knowledge of God. That the glory of the Lord would fill the earth. Isaiah says, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. And on and on and on, those promises are prophesied. When we pray that prayer, we're praying a fulfillment of the promise, and therefore... We call this a promised land prophetically. 
We look around and we see the problems in the land, but he is wanting to supplant those problems with promises fulfilled. Amen? Woo! <laughs> so we pray the kingdom of heaven to come to earth. And I had a little fun with the animation. <laughs> That's the Shekinah glory. Let it rest. Amen. Amen. The tangible presence of the Lord. Him showing up in his manifest presence. Praise God for that. Good things happen when he shows up. We're just getting started. In Jesus' name. On June 18th, I delivered a message, and I declared prophetically seven things, seven specific ways that God wants to reveal his promise here in this land. The first, I declared the church, and I'm just going to read these prophetic words over our house. Let them wash over us anew. And before I do, let me just say, this corresponds with the seven nations that the children of Israel took over when they occupied and conquested Canaan land. There were seven nations that were removed. These are seven strongholds. Is church a stronghold? It is if there's division among it. The stronghold of division. God wants one body. Number one, the church, unified, spotless, and beautiful. The complete and perfect expression of his fullness. Righteousness, peace, and love. The instrument, this is the church, the instrument that ushers in the realities of the promised land on earth as it is in heaven till we all come into the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Amen. He is breaking down divisions in churches. Within churches and between churches. It's powerful. I have a lot more I could say about that, but I'm going to move on. Marriages, number two, the destructive and dismantling assignments by the enemy on marriages to be vanquished. Divorce replaced with the flowing milk and honey of the kingdom, the overflowing fulfillment of devotion toward one another, and stepping into the commission of God together as husband and wife. Amen. Amen. The driving out of sexual immorality and identity crises that is spiritually influenced by the undermining of marriages. Are you following me? I'm (laughs) I'm going to move on because I, I have some things to move on. There's a recording of this. Children, restoring the kingdom bloodlines and generational curses that have too long blocked and stolen the blessings of God. Children no longer stagnated by cultural influence. Rather, they become the cultural influence. Stand to your feet if you believe in that. In Jesus' name. Praise God. As our children pick up their crosses at young ages, preaching, leading, going, advancing, and slaying Goliaths in their young ages. In Jesus' name. You can sit down if you want. Stand again if you like. (laughs) 
Number four, paganism. <laughs> These are things that I have an extraordinary zeal for, and many people in this house have an extraordinary zeal for. It is healthy for a church to grow, and some of us are nervous about that. Many of us are saying, come on, let's be Dr. Cho's church. <laughs> I don't know if we're going to be there, but we are going to grow, and it's healthy to grow as he builds his church on his rock. These are things that we should have an extraordinary zeal for. Paganism. The eradication of witchcraft. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Spiritism, sorcery, false religion, and related substance abuse. Did you know substance abuse, drugs, and alcohol can be related to witchcraft curses and partaking in spiritism? It is. The abominations of the problem land expelled in the revealing of the promised land. We don't know all the curses that have been spoken over this land. I know there have been some. Can I tell you that we don't need to? We do not need to figure it out. We know Jesus. And whatever he turns our watchful gaze to, that's what we intercede on behalf. And that's what we operate in power and authority over. You encounter witchcraft, you love the person, but you rebuke the enemy. I could say so much. The economy. A trade of orphanism, orphan mindset, orphan spirit, to giving mindset, giving spirit. A transfer from habitual indebtedness to profound abundance. From inexhaustible greed to inexhaustible generosity. Are you following me? From selfishness to selflessness. From poverty to great gain of godly contentment. Money doesn't satisfy. Jesus does. It was a beautiful thing to be around in Africa. People that have a, a, a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of the things we have, yet so content and happy in the Lord. Not carrying around the burden of stuff and managing our barns and our houses and all of this stuff. Nothing against those things in and of themselves. But God wants us to set us free. He wants us to be free from anything that binds us. And in a world, in this Western culture, that's rife with materialism, it is hard for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven as readily, as consistently as God wants us to. Let that rest. Along with the idea of economy, we no longer declare we can't afford that. But in the promised land, we now declare I am profoundly blessed by the Lord and I have all things that he desires for me. Amen. Number six, governmental systems. Our education, health care, municipality, and county systems. This region, even this state, this state of New York being transformed from a struggling, tormented, and broken place into a mighty and undeniable example of heavenly blessing. Instead of running from New York, 
people will run to New York because of what the Holy Spirit is doing. The kingdom of heaven has touched down in this region. Revivals. This land of past and temporary revivals is becoming an unceasing, perpetual, and elevating land of awakening. I use a lot of words <laughs> because I can't find a way in my heart, even with the abundance of words, I start to come closer to capture. I cannot capture the power, the passion, and the zeal that God has for this region. One word does not do it enough. It is a perpetual, increasing, continual, consistent, infinitely abounding pouring out of the Holy Spirit that he wants to perform in this region. You'll forgive me for my verbose words. I just can't contain it. <laughs> Unlike any revival before, including the first century church, a revival that increased, increased, and increased, and then came to a pause as the, the, the people were scattered. I don't think it technically came to a pause, but the fullness of the expression of that revival was, was quelled, was dissipated. And I'm talking about the first century church, Acts chapter 2 and forward. Unlike every revival that has come and gone, he is expanding the capacities to dream exceedingly and abundantly, where we walk in unfettered creativity, flourishing productivity, and the authoritative understanding that our God is unstoppable. And the Holy Spirit just quickened to me. I'm going to send this out for everybody who's on our emailing list. There's a lot here. These are the things that we need to have an extraordinary zeal for, which will inevitably lead to growth. But it's not just growth we're focused on. We're focused on loving God and loving each other and seeing his kingdom advance. This region is split up into pie pieces. This is how it came to me. It's, I'm one of these slivers. I'm now up here in front of the mic. I'm speaking to everybody. But I'm just one part of these, these slivers. Each of us has a part to play. I'll remind the house of what the Apostle Paul says, from Christ, the whole body, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies causes growth for the body, for the edifying of itself in love. Every member doing its share. It's significant. And the truth is, we're not the only epicenter within this region. There's other epicenters of spiritual influence that are seeing the kingdom of God come. Other churches, other ministries. One of the reasons I don't believe we're going to be a Yoedo full gospel church is because God is bringing people in to this prophetically declared hospital. They're receiving healing, and they're, when they receive their healing, they're moving on into their God-given destinies and ministries. Some within our region, it's good. <laughs> He's bringing all people together as we lift up his name. 
It's not just this local church. It's many local churches. And there's overlap with other regions that we don't necessarily have that much influence in. We're all working together in unity in Christ, seeing the kingdom of God advance. Now, I'm going to move on. We had a building survey in the spring. And in that survey, we were largely after, what do people see, think about building? And most of you said, yes, we should move forward with a building in addition. Some of you said no, and I want to thank you for that. I want to publicly thank you for that. That's caused your leadership to pray and consider alternative opinions. Now, we believe we're supposed to move forward. But if you still have a no in your heart, it is okay. Just let's not get divided over it, okay? We may or may not build. There's still some things that I'll go over in just a second that have to come to bear. We believe we're moving forward. We believe God is in it. But this is a house that reflects the inner circle of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for prompting me. Do you know that in, inner, in, the, in, in Jesus' inner circle, there was great diversity? And initially, there was great division. You had the likes of Simon the Zealot, who hated Roman government, and the likes of Matthew the tax collector, who made his living by the Roman government, together. There were conflicts. But they centered on what really mattered. Simon the Zealot had something Matthew the tax collector had needed, and Matthew the tax collector had something that Simon the Zealot needed. That's the same with this body. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Whatever is more than this is from the evil one. That's what Jesus said. We don't need to beat a drum. This is my point. I'm going to lead a crusade on this earthly, fleshly pursuit and cause division. But it's okay to make your, your diversity known. I'm just going to quickly ask any trustees here, if you would just stand. Anybody on the trustee team? Pat, if you would stand. Tom, Pete, Bo, Mark. Um, Pastor Tom and Dad, if you would stand. <laughs> These are all people you can talk to, and just including me, and just, and just let us know your diversity of opinion. All right? Just so you have a, eyes on. These, these are folks that are willing to take your questions, and I asked them about that before we, um, before we started. So just so you know, I didn't throw them under the bus. The second building survey was more about what, if we did move forward with a building, what would we want to see in it? The first question was something like this. What works well for our current space? Attractive building and sanctuary. Several people wrote an organized kitchen and coffee bar. These are things that are affirming what we currently have. And this is just a summation. There's much more that's written, but kind of the gist of what we were seeing. Uh, designated space for our children and youth ministries, a spacious backyard. I have to be forthright with you and say that I really, really bless what's going on in our backyard after churches. I love seeing our families break bread together afterwards. Um, but that is the site that we envision the new addition coming in. And because we love families and because we value communion, fellowship, breaking of bread together, I foresee us coming up with another space for that that is also spacious and beautiful. 
so those were some things that affirmed uh, the existing space. The next question had to do with what we lack in our current space. The number one answer by far and away was space, period. Enough seats in the sanctuary on Sundays. There were stage, some people mentioned stage visibility issues from the balcony and even, even down below. Uh, sanctuary front too congested. I've already mentioned that previously. Um, a lack of personal ministry rooms. It's, it's difficult when all the rooms are occupied, the few that we have, and we want to minister to more. It can be difficult when you need a private space, and this is a convenient place to meet. Again, God's going to move no matter what because our heart is after him. These are conveniences, and we're trying to steward the move of God that we have in our house. Indoor classrooms and storage was a, a big one, probably the second biggest. What specifically would help? One large sanctuary with 1,000 people. I want to inform the house today that where we derive that number, 1,000 people, from is three prophetic words that we received in 1996, 98, and 99 from three separate prophets independent of this house, all of whom prophesied that this would be a place of 1,000 people. I'm not limiting it to 1,000 people, but it would be at least 1,000 people. Specifically, Tony Germano prophesied in 1999 that this would be a house that seats a thousand people. We grabbed onto that. Now, 24 years later, it's happen it's, it seems to be happening. We embrace that. When I say grabbed onto that, we embrace that. It, it wasn't something that was very comfortable for Pastor Paul to receive. <clears throat> said, as a matter of fact, Tony Germano commented it on, rec- on, on it on, on the recording. He said, this is going to make your pastor squirm. It was nothing that we're trying to make happen. It's just happening by the grace of God. Thank you, Lord, for partnering with us and for the honor of partnering with you. A a smaller meeting room, two to 300 people, that could be this room. This now seats about 265 people. Other comments were this could double as a um, fellowship hall. It could be a, a youth room, this existing space. Um... Weddings, funerals, maintain the beauty of this room. Those kinds of ideas is, are, are, are things that we're considering. Designated storage space for individual ministries, two to three offices for personal ministry, four to five indoor student classrooms. There's a lot more that can be said about all those. And maybe we'll talk about it after. What do you dream of having? Beauty. A beautiful space indoors and outdoors. That's a good one. I can tell you that your leadership likes beauty. The building, I'm going to just switch over. This thing's giving me a hassle. Test, test, test. Test, test, test. The building that we're proposing, and I'm not a builder. I'm just kind of going along with, with things. I'm leading in certain ways, but also listening. It's the way we all should be. The building that we're proposing is a steel structure. And that is a structure that would go up quickly and be cost effective. But I'm told by everyone that knows what they're talking about that we can make that look really nice. So beauty is a good thing. A gymnasium for kids. Maybe down the line that would come. Probably not this first of, of potentially more builds. Um, a children's wing. A well-designed nursing mother's room, more nursery space, two to three unique prayer rooms. 
deeper stage with stage lighting as well as hidden access, a green room for the stage, more cameras for streaming, a baptismal fountain in the foyer. Most everyone dreams of having their own space. <clears throat> now what? Well, first off, if you didn't get a chance to answer this survey, and you haven't had a chance to talk about these things with uh, a leader to your satisfaction, we're going to do another final sweep <laughs> of, of input. Please talk to individual leaders, email and do that. But if you would like to come to a formal Q&A, we're going to have that meeting December 13th at 6.30. And that meeting is going to be Zoomed as well, so if you can't make it in person and you would like to participate online, you're welcome to do that. Also, if for some reason you're not available December 13th, please email your questions, your concerns, your affirmations, whatever you have, comments about this perspective project to the church office at office at myecf.org. There's a couple things I just want to mention as I close out here. The information that we've gathered from the survey is being relayed and has been relayed to uh, an architect that we hired through Bernie, or Aubertine and Courier. And that architect we have hired to come up with a conceptual design based on the input of this house. If you come on the 13th or if you email us, we'll take that input as well and just see what we can do with it with a conceptual design through this architect. The other thing that we're doing leading up to a congregational vote is we are doing some surveys, something called a wetland delineation because we're on, 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 on waterfront property, also a topographical survey, and we've hired people to do that. We want to make sure that before we bring it to the congregation for vote that we're safe to build that we have some idea of what we will be building so you can kind of know what we're, we're, we're thinking, what, we're, what you're voting on, and just do our due diligence and preparation. We don't want any hiccups. Everybody voted for it, and then now we can't do it. That could happen if God intervenes, and that's great if it's him that's intervening. But if it's our stupidity <laughs> that's getting in the way, we don't want that to happen. <clears throat> Amen. Are you still with me? You're hanging in there. It's good. I shared a couple prophetic words. I'm going to close with this prophetic word. This is a word that we received from um, a friend of mine I met in Brazil. And he called me up on the 21st of March. And the reason I remember that day is because that was the meeting this year, March 21st, 2023. That was the day that we had a meeting a joint meeting, 11 trustees and elders together. And in that meeting, something miraculous happened. We very quickly unanimously agreed that we should move forward with a building. Not just any building, an addition. And <laughs> that's miraculous for this house because everything takes time in this house. I don't know how it's happening, but there's momentum that seems to be coming from the Lord. I am not leading this. <laughs> Truly, I, 
I'm not advocating my role as a leader, but as I follow him, as I follow the Lord, there is some momentum building that appears to be spirit-driven towards us building, towards the growth that's imminent, towards the explosion that's imminent. And so on that evening, the 21st, I got a call from my friend, and he left this prophetic word. This is a part of the prophetic word that just blew my mind. I'm going to share it with you now. I just see this great breakthrough coming. Like, I see this picture of this brick wall, and I just see this lightning of the Spirit that's resting upon you, breaking through. And, and I hear the word family. And I hear the Lord saying he's establishing himself in your family in deeper and new ways. And the blood of Jesus is covering all of you. And uh, I even see this picture of like this steeple, like a building. And uh, it has a cross and I believe it represents a new building. And uh, we're building onto the building is what I'm hearing. And uh, I see growth on the other side of the breakthrough. But I also see peace coming into the environment and just taking over in every facet and in every way. And um, I hear the word children. And so I just release a blessing to your children and the blessing to the children that are in the church um, and I hear the phrase strategic planning that there's strategic planning that's happening not just with you and your church leaders but also with the community and the community governments and uh, moving forward into the destiny that God has given you Amen So if you didn't catch that, he's specifically confirming things that we talked about in that meeting that no one knew about except those that were in the meeting. The strategic planning, the addition, the, the, the desire for this to be a peaceful process. That was a very confirmational word. Did you notice the blessing on the children? That was huge and heavy in this last survey. It's on a lot of our hearts for this younger generation to come up in the blessing of God and to be all that God wants them to be. Amen. Amen. Praise God. As you stand to your feet, I just want to declare this over us. Why don't we, why don't, why don't we actually say it together? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we can say the rest on our own. In Jesus' name, amen. Grab your communion elements really quickly. Most of the time I do communion, I don't feel a tangible presence of the Lord. I love tangible. But what he calls us to understand is that in our souls, in our hearts, his body was broken and his blood was spilled 
so that our souls, our hearts can be clean, can be new, and remain new. He was the once and for all sacrifice. Say once and for all. Once and for all. The old covenant had no power to forgive sins, but Jesus did through his body broken and his blood spilled. I want to give a minute right now for any of us to just come reverently before the Lord and invite him to search our hearts. If there's anything there that should go, just repent. Jesus, we thank you for your body broken for us. You were literally tore open. (laughs) Thank you for what you went through. We do look unto you, lest we be discouraged. And we thank you for your body broken. And we partake in remembrance of your sacrifice. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Jesus, we thank you for your blood spilled. The blood that oozed out of your wounds, out of your stripes. And you say, by your stripes we are healed. As we partake in remembrance of the new covenant, we receive healing, spirit, soul, and body. In Jesus' name, amen. That's 348 Azusa Street. Not much to look at. But what went on in the inside of that building, that small building that sat 200 people, is a lot to consider. Jesus, we thank you for moving in our midst. We honor you above all, above every circumstance. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, have your way in this church. Jesus, we declare you are the head of this church, and we are your body. We're your hands, your feet. We go where you want us to go. We do what you want us to do. We do not cut off our nose to spite our face. We stay together in unity, the unity of Jesus, the unity of love. In Jesus' name, amen.